Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal. Hello, my chickens. I have two of our, I was going to say repeat offenders, but they're not offenders. Repeat favorites on the podcast today. So it's no secret that I have what people would generally probably call progressive or leftist, which are not the same thing, but you could categorize my politics in a lot of different ways, anywhere from mainstream progressive to radical leftist, somewhere in between, depending on your definitions. But that kind of political belief set is not a prerequisite, obviously, for thought work, because the whole point of thought work is we don't have objective claims to truth. And it's not a prerequisite for using this work, even the way that I teach it. And so today, I really wanted to have this conversation with two of my students who, you know, grew up with or currently identify as more politically conservative than I am, who nevertheless went through the advanced certification in feminist coaching. And to talk about their experiences, both with sort of the evolution of their thoughts and beliefs and feminism in general, and also their experience kind of bringing those belief systems or histories of being raised to think a certain way into conversation with the advanced feminist work that I teach, this kind of social justice lens on thought work, all of these things. So I think it's a fascinating conversation, whether you are someone who is more politically conservative yourself or, you know, has a loved one who's more politically conservative that you try to talk to about these things or just want to hear more and think about the different ways that this work kind of echoes or resonates across different points on the political spectrum. So we are going to get into that with Judith and Simone, two of my faves. Before that, I want to let you know that we are launching, we are opening the doors to the applications for the advanced certification in feminist coaching. Finally, I am offering this one time next year in 2022. This is the time to apply if you want to be in the only class in 2022. Right? So you can go to unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash ACFC, all one word, or text your email to plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four and use the code word ACFC. So again, it's unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash ACFC or text your email to plus one three four seven nine nine seven one seven eight four, and the code word is ACFC, all caps, all one word. Here's the deal. Applications close November 12th. We do offer scholarships. Applications are accepted on a rolling basis. So if you want to apply you should apply as soon as possible, but in any event, before November 12th, that's when we close the applications. For scholarships, that's not a rolling basis. We hold a certain percentage of spots for scholarship applications, so not as big of a rush if you want to apply for a scholarship in the sense that we're not going to sell those seats out to people who can pay full price. We are holding them, but we still are considering those applications on a rolling basis. So if you want to apply and you need a scholarship, also, the sooner you apply, the better. You must be a certified coach through the Life Coach School by February 28th, 2022. So that means you have to have gotten your approval that you were certified by February 28th, 2022. 
Right now, it's only open to coaches who have been certified through the Life Coach School for intellectual property reasons because the teaching that I do builds on some of what is taught in that program, but obviously takes it deeper in one particular direction into the social justice work, the intersectional feminist lens on coaching, and takes it deeper into really knowing how to coach and speak to and hold space for and understand people from really different backgrounds than you may be from or from your own background if you feel like you need even more kind of theoretical and coaching tools to be able to effectively communicate. So I always say if you're trying to coach a woman without this stuff, it's like, bringing a butter knife to a sword fight. And we don't want to be doing that. (laughs) We want to really be able to show up for the complex identities and challenges that people face in a real world that doesn't exist in a white box. As you have been hearing, if you've been listening to Outside the White Box, my podcast with Simone. So you got to be a certified coach, the Life Coach School by February 28th, 2022. The course begins in March. It's the only class we're going to fill for 2022. So you got to apply now if you want to be able to do it next year. Applications close November 12th. Scholarships are available. People from marginalized communities are especially encouraged to apply. And those applications are prioritized. And I cannot wait to see what kind of badasses are going to be in this amazing group. All right, let's get to this conversation. Hello, my chickens. So the first thing you all need to know is that we showed up to this recording, and although you cannot see them, my guests today are perfectly color-coordinated and looking stylish, and I don't match them. So I have to coach myself about that. And if I seem like subdued during this conversation, that's why I'm having outfit envy. So my guests today are the wonderfully stylish and brilliant ladies, some of whom have already been on the podcast probably. We've been having a lot of these conversations, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Then we'll talk about what we're here to talk about. We'll just keep this very mysterious. Judith, you want to tell us who you are and what you're all about? Yes. My name's Judith Gatan. I am a style coach for Curvy Women I am also a master certified life coach, but I'm figuring out how to do the whole new title thing. So that's how you do it. I'm a master certified life coach. Also, I'm a master certified coach with a certification in advanced feminist coach. Yeah, that is too long. You got to (laughs) like. Right, right. I have to figure out like all the. the I'm a master coach with advanced training with a certification in advanced feminist training. Yeah, I don't know. All right. We're going to have to do some. We'll play with it. Yeah. 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 All right. What about you, Simone? Hey, I'm Simone Seoul, reporting live from Seoul, South Korea. I am a marketing coach for Life Coaches, host of the Joyful Marketing Podcast. And you know, it's so funny. Oftentimes people will refer to me or introduce me as a master coach. I'm not a master coach. I'm just a coach. (laughs) I tried to bribe Cara to like, let me into the master coach training. And she was like, we'll see about that. So I'm trying to get on her good side. I think it's more like I was like, I'm not in charge of that. (laughs) I don't even work at the life coach. You have you have you have connections to powers that be. (laughs) I didn't know. Somebody texted me today that was like, "Can you pass a resume along?" And I was like, "I don't. I'm just friends with Brooke. I don't know what's going on over there. Like, I don't know who's hiring. I don't know anything." You assume you're in a secret cabal. No, I always have to message Bev and be like, "Who do I talk to about this thing? Like, who's even (laughs) over there anymore? What's happening?" But I'm sure people feel like that about, you know, now that I've hired all these people, I'm like, I don't even know who works for me. I'm like, who's right. handling? Now I just put things in Slack, like somebody attend to this. This is what I always wanted to, you know. Like <laughs> oh, so I, you've reached that level. You're yeah, like, some, like, some peon. 
a minion, please. No, of course not. They're all wonderful, <laughs> not minions. But I, I am like, it is weird. Like I have historically known everything that was happening. And now there's like multiple levels. There's like directors and people under them. And I'm like, I don't know who's That's doing cool. what. So yeah, I am just like, I don't know, whoever's business this is, can you please take care of it? All right. Anyway, so we could do a whole other episode about that. So we're here today to talk about all the things. We're here because both Simone and Judith went through my advanced certification in feminist coaching. And I have been doing a couple of conversations with people who had concerns before joining, because I think they're like interesting little microcosms of like the different kinds of backgrounds that people have before they came to this work and then what their experience was. So we had a conversation with several coaches who wouldn't have identified as feminists before the training from kind of for a variety of different reasons, some having been raised in a very like in a religion where feminist was a bad word, some being women of color who always thought of feminism as just sort of white feminism that had nothing to offer them. And so today we're taking a slightly different tack, which is both of you had, I'll let you, I don't even know that it can be like clearly defined, but both of you had sort of different reasons that I would I guess categorize as being like a mix maybe of more conservative political or religious belief systems potentially than I have, and that you were sort of concerned or had questions about bringing into a kind of feminist coaching certification or just the way I would be doing it. So that may not even be the right description, but that was the idea in this podcast was to talk about that, like what space is there, you know, for different belief systems or different political belief systems, both in feminist coaching and then, you know, in the program too, and for different kind of religious convictions. So let's just talk about the one you want to kind of start us off with like, you know, what your thought process was about it. Neither of them okay. want to talk. No, okay. I'm getting a finger point. I'll just go. It's so right. Judith, you're the master coach and Simone is not, as you may have heard. So <laughs> you're kind of in charge. Well, she's involved in top secret things with you. So I feel like I should point at her, but no, Those I won't be top secret by the time this podcast comes out. It'll be all <laughs> so fun. Okay. So, I mean, this has always been my trepidation with coaching in general has been sort of like, where does God fit in? Like, where does God fit into the model? Where do we put him? I refer to him as a him, <laughs> as also an entity. So that has always been kind of interesting to reconcile. And then I'm always excited to do whatever it is that you have on offer. But it did give me pause, like, okay, I'm going to be entering into this. And in terms of my political views or my social views or coming into this as like a woman of color, I was very excited to learn all the intersectional part of that and feminism, mm -hmm. but I had trepidations about feminism and my religious beliefs, which are more on the conservative side. So it was kind of like, oh, and then you sent us this book. I don't know that history of feminism book mm -hmm. with the illustrated one, mm -hmm. which does not take a very great view of <laughs> religion. <laughs> so of course I read that first and I was like, oh man, okay. I hope I made a good choice here. Mm -hmm. Like, So that was sort of the trepidation. It's always this idea of like, do I have to reconcile all these beliefs with each other? And I don't know that reconcile is the best word, but it's the only word I have and the one I keep coming up against. I'm curious how you do think about, like this is not, doesn't even have to do the certification, but just for yourself, I'd be curious what someone thinks too. Like where do you put God in the model? For me personally, God is a C. Mm-hmm. But I also think that circumstances are thoughts that we have attributed to be facts. Mm -hmm. 
And I think they're a little more fungible than sometimes. <laughs> That's <laughs> we all make human language we're using to describe them. Exactly. So for me and my comfort level, and when I coach myself personally on religious matters or something that with regard to faith or spirituality that I might be struggling with, I put God, I put Holy Spirit, I put that in the sea line. To me, that is a circumstance. Can I ask you uh, another question about that? Which I, yeah. I want to call it, and I don't mean a challenging question, like I'm trying to challenge you. I'm just curious how you think about this. So yeah. where do you put, like if you have a client who believes in God, but a very, like a different God than you believe in, does that go in the C line or the T line for you? I would check in with them to see how they viewed it because it's their mm-hmm. model. Mm-hmm. I'm showing them their brain. I'm not showing them my brain. Mm-hmm. So in my own personal coaching, to me, it's a C. And I feel good about that. And that's neutral to me. But if I was coaching a client and depending on where they were coming from, what they presented as a problem or the issue or the thing Mm -hmm. they wanted coaching on, I would be showing them their brain. So to them, is their God a C or is their God a T Mm -hmm. or their spirit or however they view that? Mm -hmm. Where would it go for them? And that's where we would place it. And how do you think about the distinction between like there's some things that a client will tell us as a circumstance that will be like, that's not a circumstance, right? And then there's some things that a client will say is a circumstance that will be like, yeah, that is a circumstance. And I think we all have those different lines. Like I'll put racism or patriarchy in the circumstance line and like a lot of other coaches won't. But I think that's always like an interesting question is how are we, I feel like one thing that came up in the advanced certification all the time was like, okay, the first time you learn coaching, it's like with very black and white, clear quote unquote rules. And now like, here at the big girl party, <laughs> we're going to right, acknowledge that we're making it all up and that we're going to take responsibility for that and not pretend that it's always a clear rule. Like, yeah, some stuff we put in the circumstance line that other people wouldn't. And it's, that's all made up too. What's a circumstance and what's not. Exactly. Right. That's so interesting. I'm curious. What about you, Simone? I was actually taken aback when Jude said that because like, I understand what she's saying, but to me, like the way I would have answered that question is that I experience God on the T line and the F lines. Mm. And I guess in that way, God can show up on my R line as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to me, it's a lot more experiential and mm. my way of like experiencing the world rather than like God exists. And I, I take that as a C line because to me, that's a given because I'm a believer, right? Mm. So that's how I would explain it's it. It's almost like it wouldn't occur to you that it would even need to be a question whether it's in the C line kind of. For me personally, I would never obviously impose it on a client right, unless right, they right. believe the same thing I did. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I'm with you, Simone, though, it, to me, it's fungible. Like I could see him as a C while also experiencing him in my TF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's definitely both. Yeah. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's fluid, but I also don't find it problematic to put him in the C line in the context of my own self-coaching. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Same. I would. So interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess let me ask you, Simone, first, and because I have more follow-up questions for what Judith said, but what were your kind of hesitations about? I know there were like political ones, but then let's maybe try to separate them if we can. Like, did you have concerns from this perspective too, or were yours really more on the political end? Yeah. So <laughs> this is the behind the doors conversation that I had with Cara. I was that I didn't sign up for this until like very late because I had kind of written it off in my mind, even though I loved Cara and everything that she did, I had written the certification off in my mind as oh, it's going to be like leftist indoctrination. Yes. She thought <laughs> yeah, I was I'm, running a Marxist labor camp. Oh my gosh, how fun. It would be fabulous, right? right. A very fabulous yeah. Marxist As we know, labor Marxists, camp. Marxists often make seven figures and run businesses. That's the... There's a lot 
lot to be said about that actually, but um, yeah. And I'm really trying to think beyond the political, you know, like progressive conservative binaries, because what does that even mean? Right. I think mm-hmm. all those labels are thoughts and there'd be many conservative rooms where if I could walk in, they would consider me a rabid progressive. And if mm-hmm. I, there are many progressive rooms where they would consider me a crazy conservative. So right. I, I don't think these labels do us justice, but I do know that I have beliefs and ways of looking at the world where a lot of the things that a lot of my progressive friends take for granted, I question, right? Mm -hmm. And so I tend to have a lot of respect for the tradition and, you know, the cultural like paradigms that we inherit. And I tend to think that religion is a good thing and it's really hard to capture one's political philosophy in in like 10 seconds, but (laughs) I just like Marxism generally makes me itchy and identity, identity politics makes me itchy. That said, I always did and do still strongly identify as feminist. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this is a very nuanced space in my mind, right? And so in the end, I signed up for the advanced certification because I trusted CARA to create an experience where I wouldn't have to show up with some part of my intellects kind of hidden, right? Mm -hmm. And I could just be engaged in all of my intelligence. And I was right. And I've gone on the record several times saying it's been the be- one of the best investments of my life. What, what struck me in the very beginning was one of my very favorite things that you did, Cara, was you said, I think it was- the- It was when I sent everyone a portrait of Marx, right? <laughs> and their gift box. Is <laughs> it hail Frederick Yeah, Hayek. And also no, like, no, wait, a stuffy, like, like a stuffed yeah. animal so that everybody could snuggle Marx in bed at night. <laughs> Workers of the world unite. <laughs> I had to promise Simone literally that there would only be a tolerable level of Marxism. (laughs) So in one of the earliest lessons, it might've been the earliest lesson you said, like, I have biases. I have my own perspective and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, I'm not forcing them on you. And it's more useful to be aware of what our biases are. And as opposed to pretend that we don't have them and that we're talking about these ideas in a vacuum Mm -hmm. and I'm still speaking in Kara's voice. You said, I don't want you to like read all of the, you know, the course material. You are basically giving us the context of your awareness that you were not coming from a vacuum and that you have biases mm-hmm. too. So I can't remember exactly what you said. It was very, a lot more eloquent than what I just described. <laughs> and that was like such a relief to me because it gave me permission to not have to pretend like you know, we all have the same assumptions. And secondly, that it gave me permission to acknowledge that we all have existing beliefs and biases that influence the way we think about coaching. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. As long as you have awareness of it and you, as long as you have awareness of how it's operating in the back of your mind so that you could be cognizant of how you bring it to coaching, which I think is what's missing in so many conversations that people don't think that their biases are biases. And second of all, I think it's because people think if I have a bias, that's wrong, it's bad, it's influencing right. my coaching negatively, which it doesn't, it just exists, right? Like you have right. a human brain, you have a set of beliefs. And so in that statement that you made in the beginning made me feel like my thoughts would be welcome and that I could engage with anybody else's thoughts from an honest place. And ever since then, were there things like that you said that that you taught where I thought I would have 
said it differently or I would have presented it differently because again, I think in a lot of sort of progressive worlds, it's taken for granted that religion is this horrible thing. And, you know, tradition is this horrible thing for women. And mm-hmm. so obviously so much of that has so much validity and has to be brought to light and, and discussed, but like somebody who actually is religious would talk about those things differently. Right. Mm, cool. And especially th- thinking we spend a lot of time talking about the woman's body. Right. And, and I think if you come from a sort of, sort of a theological lens, we would have a very different discussion of how religion views a woman's body as opposed to a progressive who's not favorably disposed towards religion and impact mm-hmm. on women's body in general. So a lot of choices that you made that if I were running the course, which I never would, cause it's not my expertise, I would have done it differently, but I was able to always critically like engage because you weren't like pushing it down our throats as like, you have to believe this, but like, this is how we think about these ideas mm-hmm. and you were challenging us to critically question like what we are believing. And if we agree with what we are believing, mm-hmm. right. And if we are fully aware of and practicing, you know, and bringing our, our highest coaching intelligence to how we use those ideas to help our clients in the way that best serves them. And so in a way, you left so much room for us to come to our own conclusions and to create our own sort of feminist best practices for coaching, no matter where you are on the political or religious spectrum. Like I felt like you really allowed for that space. Mm-hmm. And I really took advantage of that. So I don't know if any of that made sense. <laughs> that all made sense. I mean, there's so much stuff in that. One, I'm just thinking as like, I was like reading some of the final projects today for certification and Brenda, who's been on the podcast like a million times now, is weight loss coach, obviously. And her project is a module for her weight loss course about fat phobia, right? And I was like, this is what I want, right? It's not like that you have to be on board with me and what I teach. And my project wasn't like, let me secretly try to convert Brenda <laughs> to be an anti-diet coach, right? <laughs> like, I know that she had her own experience and believes in the work she does. And, you know, like, that's not it. But it's like, oh, now everybody going through that, like, if you're going to teach a weight loss course, then I for sure want you to teach us like a segment about fat phobia in your weight loss course, right? Like, that is such a perfect example to me of how I'm not here to tell people what their feminism should look like, really. It's critically engaging with these systems of oppression and how to bring them into your work. I should also just say like, you know, the course when we're talking about the cultural context of religion is very focused on, I'm barely an expert, (laughs) the way that it's hard to be an expert on anything in these days, like on my little version of it, it's, you know, really the impact of Puritan sexual culture on American culture. Like I'm definitely not making any claims to be speaking about the global set of religions. There is a lot of kind of beating up on Christianity, which, <laughs> which like for the most part, I'm like, yeah, that's legitimate. Like it deserves to be critically, you know, thought about. And if you are a Christian, like some of it will make you think and it will make you clarify what your own position is and why you think that. But ultimately, I think what you are pushing is not the feminist agenda or the progressive agenda, <laughs> at least without awareness. I think what you are pushing is, hey, like think more deeply about why you coach the way you do, what thoughts and assumptions you bring into it and like be more in integrity, like with these questions, right? Like Mm -hmm. be more integrity and you create the space for everyone to find their own answers in that. And, and there I say, it's a safe space for people to bring in whatever ideological, right? Cause you Mm -hmm. never coach us on like how to believe you coach us on how to think and how to 
bring more intelligent coaching questions into the conversation. And so I felt like it really sharpened my thinking as opposed to push my beliefs in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about this, Judith, especially because I actually, well, we can always cut it out if you don't want to talk about it, but I coached you about your belief in God. Yeah. Right. In the program. So I'm curious, are you willing to share that kind of Yeah, no, I'm totally like? willing. Cause that was life changing. And it's funny because I don't remember specifically what I presented as the coaching problem at the time. I remember. Oh, it was something about leaving your job. It was like, oh yeah, something about leaving my job. God didn't want you to take a certain job, or like you were supposed to have the job you had, and you weren't supposed to leave it. It was like something like that. I think. Yeah, yeah. That somehow I was predestined, which obviously that word is fraught with meaning. But yeah, not in predest- the Calvinist sense, maybe. But <laughs> right, not not in that particular sense. But to be an attorney who handled catastrophic claims because, you know, that was sort of a mission vocation, et cetera, which is often thrown around in like evangelical circles. Like you're called, you're Mm -hmm. called to do X, Y, or Z, which gives it this extra special meaning that you can't ever escape whatever it is that you were initially called to do. Mm -hmm. So I was using, that would be sad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then the funny thing is I had, was trying to use the Bible evidence from the Bible to support my desire to leave. So I had gone. Oh, <laughs> right. This is all coming back to me. Embarrassingly, had, I like, will totally really come intense to law school, school supplies moment where she had like cross indexed and color coded the Bible. Yes. For every mention I of can't like, believe I art. This. <laughs> Wait, for every mention of what? Like every mention of art and beauty and fashion. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were like, okay, I'm going to build my case using this. This is the record for this case. This is my document. This is the discovery that was given to me for this case. And I'm going to build my argument with numbers about how many times art and beauty are mentioned in the Bible. That's right. This was so good. Right. And I had done a study on like different, obviously, because there's many different versions of the Bible. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to cross index them all. Obviously, you can't know what your calling is until you've highlighted every version of the Bible. I do love you did like the original like Aramaic and Greek versions also. That's well, like, I oh my like, god, yes, I did word studies. Scrolls, like, hold on, I just gotta, I gotta highlight this. Right. So, like when they talk about Lydia and the New Testament being like a maker of purple cloth, yes, I did do a study about what that would mean at the time, and <laughs> <laughs> no shame, I will totally cop Listen, to that. Um, some buffers look very productive sometimes. Oh, totally. <laughs> this is completely buffering with like art and style fashion references in the Bible. You know, and I kept thinking, well, like if Esther spent a year beautifying, surely I can work on style. Surely. Surely. (laughs) Because this just makes so much sense. But back to the coaching. (laughs) I mean, so in coaching, what we did was we just looked at the spreadsheet you'd come up with and we just decided whether or not there was enough evidence. I just gave a ruling, right? That's what we did. Right, right. We made a determination because that's how coaching works. No, I yeah. mean, the beauty of it was, again, and sort of perkening to what Simone said, you didn't tell me what to think on that particular occasion. You just showed me like what my thinking was doing and why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I obviously get the choice of whether I wanted to continue down that track of highlighting everything in its mother to produce evidence to support the idea that I'm permitted to leave something that I no longer want to do. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think you had asked me, and I don't want to take this out of context, but something to the effect of, aren't you Christian? Don't you have Jesus? Aren't you into that love stuff? <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. 
in. I mean, I'm obviously a very skilled practitioner of these arts. That is a really quality coaching question. Well, like something about that really struck oh. a chord with me because, yeah, I think sometimes in the Christian context and when we get to the coaching and then we add, you know, sometimes what can be sort of dogmatic coaching and we take it on as a new subset of religion with our own religious yeah. beliefs and then we drive ourselves mad and I can only speak for people who are similarly wired to myself. Like I drove myself mad and then pausing to reflect like, wait a minute, (laughs) you're doing that because you're trying to build evidence to support your desire to leave, which is not necessarily like a religious thing. That's a human thing. Mm -hmm. You want to change something in your life and you're looking for external justification. You just happen to use the Bible on this particular occasion to justify your desire to leave And I don't remember what you asked me, but you asked me something and I literally, I burst into tears and I was like, I think you broke my heart. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think, I don't remember exactly what I asked you, but what I remember from this, which is similar to almost all the coaching I ever do on God and religion always turns out the same way, which is that this is just my coaching experience. People's relationship with God mirrors their relationship with themselves. Right. Right. Every time I coach somebody about their relationship with God, and this is so interesting because it's like, I think ACFC is playing with this too, where on the one hand, We all believe that people need to have our same beliefs and experiences to understand us, right? And there's some ways in which that is useful in coaching. And then there's some ways in which having someone from the outside, outside your perspective is useful in coaching because they don't share whatever your pre-existing biases are, right? Or they don't share your beliefs like that coaching, you know, I coach somebody in the program about a like minor medical thing, but something that everyone else who had all the master coaches had ever coached her about believed her and agreed about, right. They like took her C as a C when it wasn't really a C it's like sometimes someone from an in-group does create that safety and support where we feel like, okay, you're not gonna tell me I'm hallucinating everything. But sometimes somebody from an out group has a different perspective because I don't have a personal relationship with God because that's not what I believe. And so when I look at the way someone's talking about their relationship with God, I can see so clearly that it's always mirroring how they think about themselves, right? So like if they're really hard on themselves and they don't have unconditional love for themselves and they don't believe that God has unconditional love for them, right? Right? They might say like, yes, God has unconditional love for all humans in this like abstract way. But you know, when I'm like, what about you? Like, does God have unconditional love for you when you're yelling at your kids and drinking two bottles of wine? They're like, no, definitely not that, right? <laughs> it's like, so I feel like that's what came out in your coaching, which is so similar whenever I coach someone on this stuff, which is like, you were coming at it from this very, like, I have to like justify it and I have to like have enough evidence and I have to like get permission from this like kind of punitive, you know, like as the, like your destiny wasn't like a fun thing you got to discover. It was like an onerous assignment that you had to live up to. Yeah. Which is like how you also were thinking about yourself in your life. And it's funny because like, if I were to coach someone on that, like who were, let's say that same sort of religious beliefs as I, you know, that's when it comes back to the relationship with yourself. Like, yes, on a very like abstract level, like higher level, I believe God is love, like absolutely, mm-hmm. but bring it home. Right. And suddenly my own ish with myself. <laughs> right. It's like, people are like I can totally make a hundred grand this year. And I'm like, great. Can you make 8,000 this month? They're like, oh my God, no. 
Well, I think you've actually coached me on that. And I think it was, I wanted to make 200 grand and you asked me if I can make 3K also burst into tears. So yeah, abstractly. (laughs) Come sign up for ACFC and I'll make you cry a lot. That's the, that's the thing. Me cry too. Yeah, I made Simone cry. I made Judith cry. Just, just running around making people cry. Yeah, you have to live up to your reputation though. I think like you, that this happens, right? Some kind of scary (laughs) reputation apparently. (laughs) So I'm curious what you thought, you know, you said that you have some, you feel like you are politically progressive in some ways, but then your religious values are more conservative. I'm curious how, how does that play into your concept of yourself as a feminist coach? Like, how do you bring that all together? It's interesting because I grew up in a matriarchal family, like where women rule the roof. So feminism wasn't really like a thing growing up per se, because we were all sort of feminists. Mm-hmm. by default, rather, just kind of interesting. And then I learned about actual feminism from nuns who had, <laughs> as um, one does, as one does when they go to an all women's Catholic college. <laughs> and honestly, the most beautiful experiences I had with feminism and also understanding relationship with God in that context came from the sisters. Mm-hmm. Religious Sacred Heart of Mary has a long tradition of standing up for women's rights they're the first to send women to study abroad. They had colleges and high schools all over the world that were dedicated to. Like, I'm so happy kids. about this conversation. I know. <laughs> I almost, I, when you said from nuns, I was like, hasn't Simone said that to me? Or like, there's like some kind of. I, mean, I love the nuns. On. I feel so safe right yeah, now. <laughs> I love. Like I, I had a really good, well. People have had some negative, you know, circumstances with sisters, but I only had positive ones because I knew them in college. I didn't have the elementary childhood experience. So the sisters I learned from were amazing. I mean, they had doctoral degrees in theology and philosophy and their world. Yeah. Their perspective on the world was very beautiful. They held their religion, but they also were very progressive in their politics. So to me, it was not. If you think about like human history, I mean, if you think about history, like a nunnery was one of the few places you could go to like get an education and not have to get married. Right. I mean, if you were Mm -hmm. like interested in learning and not in having a hundred babies. That was kind of your option. Yeah, exactly. So to me, there's just kind of like, that was reconciled. That was all good. It all kind of made mm. sense to be progressive in your politics and believe in women's rights and the right to determine what happens to your body while also believing you're a child of God. <laughs> so yeah, it all kind of made sense. It, it still makes sense to me. I don't know, Simone, what is your experience with that? Yeah, I I think I have a similar experience. I don't really feel like, well, there's some places where I feel like coaching, not really coaching, but just like the way I want the world to be is different from certain parts of the way that the church wants the world to be, right? Like I want a lot more women leadership in the world, including inside the church and stuff like that. And at the time, there's not agreement (laughs) in the highest echelons of the hierarchy about that. But other than that, I think I I agree, like my experience of like the dignity of the the human individual, right? And of the human spirit and our power to create beautiful things in the world. Like all of this to me is, it comes from God and it's very much like, you know, related to how I think about my faith. And like, those are the same ideas that we talk about in coaching, right? Like, how do we create? How do we know about our inherent self-worth, right? And our inherent valuableness as human beings. And to me, like those are, those ideas are very closely connected to God. So yeah, in so many ways, there is no divide. And I think from the same paradigm, we get these feminist ideas that women are human too. Women are worthy and just as valuable as, as men. And we are not less than we're not second-class citizens. Like these ideas to me come from God. Right. So 
yeah, I don't know what an- question I'm answering anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> just free riffing, just, <laughs> just, just yeah. go. Yeah. No, but I, I love it. I love the idea that like, also, because I do this on, I go through these bouts where I'm like, I'm going to study this particular thing <laughs> in the Bible. And I've done lots of surveys of women in the Bible. And there's some really incredible women in there that are oft forgotten and often not spoken of. But there's a weirdly like a little feminist thread underneath all of it if we go looking for it, which is kind of cool to see it through that lens, if you will, and if you want to to review yeah. some of the stories you knew from yesteryear or things that you were told when you were younger and revisiting it now as an adult with perhaps a feminist lens and seeing something really cool and something beautiful that you might not have seen the first three or four and or I five think times. If you wanted to, for example, do like a final project on like the women of the Bible or like how to bring <laughs> in like feminist spirituality, like re- religiosity, I think Kara would totally welcome that and totally. help you to think through that in the most intelligent way possible so that you can be proud of it. And so I was just trying to like tie it back to the certification seminar. <laughs> no, listen, one of my training classes at LCS I taught was 12 members of the Church of Latter-day Saints and one ex-member and then one person who'd worked at Planned Parenthood. And everybody survived. They all made, yeah, everybody made it really through. Cool. And some of them still like me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I obviously, well, first of all, I mean, when we say I'm not religious, I, you know, that's true in the sense, I guess, that I don't have a relationship with a divinity. I'm Jewish, which is like an ethno-religion, right? And so there's quite a lot of religious ritual structure and observance that goes along with being Jewish. It's just a kind of hybrid system where more than in most other religions, people will follow all of the rule. Well, not all of them. I'm not Orthodox, but like we'll follow a lot of the kind of rules, be practicing religious customs. Like it's not weird or taboo unless you're Orthodox, probably in Judaism to be like, oh no, I don't believe in God, but yes, I keep kosher and I like keep the Sabbath and I do all of these things that are religious rituals, even though it has nothing to do with my, like when I was growing up, each of my brothers and I would get to this point where we'd be like all defiant to our parents. Like, well, I don't believe in God, so I don't have to go to synagogue. And my mother would be like, I don't (laughs) give a fuck. Like, that's up to you. You know, like who says I believe in God, but like, this is what we do. We're going to synagogue. Like, these are the rules. This is the culture. That's what we're doing. So, you know, sometimes I think like my perspective on it is partially shaped by I don't think of myself as anti-religion in in a way, I mean, just in general, but also because my idea of what religion is, is also different than like what a Christian's person's idea of religion is or what somebody else's idea of religion is, but particularly religions that are based more on an internal personal spiritual relationship with God. Like that's what some parts of Judaism are based on, but it's not what the religion is necessarily based on the way that a lot of people practice it. So it's almost like as always, it's almost like it's our thoughts about like, what do we even mean when we're talking about religion, right? Or like, what do we even mean when we're talking about God? All of these things mean different things. But I do think, I mean, you sort of mentioned dogmatic coaching, Judith, and one of the, I do think are in that sense of the way do we do one thing is the way we do everything, right? Coaching isn't about like not being religious or being a certain religion or believing in God in a certain way or whatever, but it is going to almost always be true that like, if you have a certain relationship with your religion, I think sometimes you're going to bring that relationship into your relationship with coaching, right? You're going to like, if you have the belief that like you have a lot of what, let's say guilt and shame around your religious dogma, I think you're going to end up with a lot of guilt and shame around your coaching dogma, right? You're going to, you're going to sort of relate to coaching the same way you relate to your religion. And you're going to relate to God the same way you relate to yourself. None of which means it isn't 
true or untrue or helpful or unhelpful. It's just starting to see like those patterns and the ways that like, whether you put it in the C line or the T line, it's always like, okay, but what are my thoughts about this? And where did they come from? And do I like them? And how are they showing up in my life? And when you can start to be like, oh, weird, I don't think I'm good enough. And God doesn't think I'm good enough. Like maybe there's something going on there, right? Or like, oh, I see I'm like responding to my coach the same way I used to respond to the nun who taught my Sunday school. Or, you know, like when you start to see the ways in which you're like playing that same thing out. And I, I think that a lot of the reasons people are attracted to coaching are the reasons some people are attracted to religion too, right? I mean, it's like a set of beliefs about how to understand the world and how to operate. And there's like a shared creed and a shared understanding and a shared inside language that other people write. Like I think about this in social media where I read some coaches post that it's like in, unintelligible to somebody else, right? Oh. It's like, well, I thought it, here's a joke about how the C is not the T is not the F. And like, we're, we're all like, ha ha ha. And everybody else is like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like, we're like, I'm sure that somebody could write a thesis about like parallels between the contemporary life coaching community and religious community. And like, there'd be a lot of parallels. Oh, I'm sure. I going to say people everywhere are just looking for answers. And I think mm -hmm. those of us who used to find it in religion are now finding it in coaching. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like a little bit of a dangerous edge there where a lot of us seek coaching, seek out coaching and want to get better at coaching as a way of almost like looking for kind of like a strange version of like Christian deliverance. Like I will be saved. Totally. And I'm going to become perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I am better at coaching, when I get to this right. level, which is like transposing that kind of thinking onto coaching, but that was never, at least that's not what I think coaching is, right? right. Coaching isn't like, here's how you get perfect and saved. Right. right. And um, that, that shows up in perfectionism, right? This is something that I right. talk about in the course, which is like, it's not just obvious and true that you're supposed to become ever, ever more perfect until you finally like evaporate in perfectness or like whatever's supposed to happen at the end. Like that's one specific cultural and social ideology. I mean, I guess I also come to it a little salty from the perspective of like the dominant culture being influenced so much by Christianity and seeing the ways in which for good or bad, a lot of those belief systems are just taken as the standard and for granted right? And when you are a member of a minority religion, you're just like, hey, we don't all think that. Like, that's not the right. only way there is to think about these things. Like, there's a whole other system over here. What were you going to say, Judith, when you wanted to get in there too? Who knows anymore? We yeah. have like, what's the, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just following here. wherever this thread goes. I know. I'm like, we don't even have, there's no good way to wrap this up. No, I, I, I just want to say one more yeah. thing. Like, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kara, but I really think that what Kara wants for everybody, your spokesperson <laughs> now, I think what Kara wants for everybody is to like come into your own coaching thought yeah. leadership, right? And I 100%. think the world will be a better place if we had plenty of like robust examples of like a really intelligent coaching leader who is an evangelical Christian, a really intelligent coach coaching leader who's an atheist, a really intelligent coaching leader who's secular Jewish, Catholic, Muslim, like Hindu, all of these things. Yeah. So up until now, the picture has been more homogenous. And I think that it's so great that we're having this conversation so people know that there is a place for them in coaching, whatever they believe, or if, if they like nuns, there's a safe place for you. <laughs> right. Like the point of Judas coaching wasn't your relationship with God is a mirror of your relationship with yourself. So that means God isn't real. Don't worry about it. Right. That's not the coaching. No, right? The coaching it. is your relationship with God. The way you're thinking about God now in your, from your limited human brain, right. Is showing you how you think about yourself. And I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that I felt as a coach was like, 
your relationship with God is so much bigger and more loving than you can see right now because you mm-hmm. your relationship with yourself has capacity to be so much bigger and more loving than you're seeing right now. Right. Yeah. And they can't and, see me nodding emphatically, but yes. yeah. And I can see, and like, I don't have to believe, I mean, it's what's so funny is that this, I feel like at the end of this, really what we're saying is like, well, sometimes you can just coach no matter what your back, like, right. I don't have to believe in God myself to see that you do and that that relationship is important to you. And that probably the height of it is not, well, God judges me a lot and thinks I should be a lawyer. Like, I don't, I don't have to be like a member of your religion to see that that's probably not like the height of the human divine relationship. Yeah, I should hope not. Dear God, that would be kind of sad and anticlimactic. Right. I mean, especially since, you know, I think there's a C.S. Lewis quote, we're all like sort of longing for a far off country. If the far off country is where we're all lawyers, God oh, helps all of us. Well, I always think about that Anne Lamott quote, which is, if you find that God hates all the same people you do, then you can be pretty sure you made him in your image. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. So good. But I think there's something, you know, that was said on the, I think the clubhouse with Corinne a week or two ago that I think is important to note here just about like the community you created in ACFC and the beauty of it. And I think this is the beauty of your coaching in general is we don't have to believe the same things or agree on the same things. You're always offering us these like new ways of looking at something, a question to ask ourselves to take what you say and run with it and make it our own. And I think all of the beautiful work product that's coming out of ACFC, you can see that everyone took something, gravitated towards something and ran with it, made it their own. And all those like beautiful projects that are coming out of this new modules for people's coaching. Simone has this beautiful model heresy and all this other things that we can see that she's doing. Like, it's very cool to like see the spark that was lit. And then everyone took a little bit of that flame and went off and ran with it. And I think that is really, really cool. And we didn't all have to agree on what we were going to do or choose the same thing or the same approach. I mean, we talk about this on the other podcast. I I talk about this all the time, but like the idea that even in a progressive movement or any movement, people are all going to agree is like, you go to one meeting of a feminist organization. I have been on the board of several. It's like two goals, four people, 1700 opinions, right? Like there's no people, it's just like no social movement even agrees, even on a small scale. So it's so insane that we've decided that what social justice means is like everybody having the same set of acceptable opinions when like within any movement, this goes back to our podcast that we've talked about, but like there's always accommodationists and there's always like people who want to attack from the outside. And then there's always institutionalists and there's always, you know, people who want to be revolutionary. Like there's always people with different ideas about like, what's the goal and what's the agenda and what's the best process. There's no unified feminist agenda. Right. Exactly. There's no unified any agenda. Yeah. I mean, seriously, everybody who thinks there is has never been to even one meeting of a social justice organization. (laughs) It's like, you know, three hours on like what kind of beverages to order (laughs) before you even get to anything else. And that's not just social justice. That's any human. That's any, like get church ladies together about having a baby shower for people. People lose their mind. Right. Like these, it's like people have only existed somehow in online spaces. Like they've never been to a meetup in their neighborhood or something. Anyway, to try to pull it together. (laughs) This podcast is just turning into Cara rambles with her friends. That's, that's what we do here. We just, interesting things come out. I do think that is so important to understand because I would say because of the patriarchy, feminism in particular has this reputation of being kind of like strident and 
you know, a purity politics and whatever else. And I think, I guess there are some, like if somebody was like, I want to take your certification so that I can coach women on how they shouldn't teach their daughters to read. Like there are probably things that I would be like, that's too far. Feminism does have some meaning, does have a meaning. Like that's not it. Like reasonable people can disagree on what empowerment is, but making your female children consciously illiterate is not one of them. So like there, there are things that would be too far, but within the like range that, yeah, I just get to choose because we're all about taking ownership of whatever our own biases are. There's so many different ways to empower women differently. We're not all supposed to look the same. And what's going to be empowering to somebody who has a strong religious faith is going to look different than what's going to be empowering possibly to a secular Jew. And I want all my students to be out there unlocking their own genius, right? The point is to think more critically, think more deeply and see the ways in which even if you are a feminist, even if you are a master coach, you're still holding yourself back. I still hold myself back. They're still internalized. Who are you to be this big? You don't really know. You should be better, right? All of that, like unlocking all of that is really the point of all of this. I think if you are like, I hate feminism, you might have a problem with this course. But I think if you're anywhere on the spectrum of like feminism curious or like wanting to. um, Have you been considering potentially swiping right on feminism on Tinder for a dalliance? (laughs) No, I think that's that's legitimate, right? Like if you're like, I want to be able to reconcile this in my mind, then I think it's the advanced certification is a great place to be. Yes. And there's only a touch of Marxism. Well, that's debatable, but it was <laughs> I was able to survive it. It's a survivable. That's the tagline. The advanced certification feminist coaching, a survival. I mean, but more seriously, you know, don't give power away to Carl or mm. any system of thought to, you know, like be your own person and and therefore your own growth and take everything that Carl and all the other our wonderful colleagues offer to better your thinking. Like if that's your agenda, then that's what you're going to get. That's what and I that's got. true of the podcast too, right? A lot of people listening to yeah. this are not coaches. They're never going to be. But I do think there's something about, like I was having a conversation with a student the other day where she was talking about like how hard it was for her and how upsetting it was for her when I said something she disagreed with. Yeah, who made you, who made Kara your God, right? Right. Like, I'm like, yeah. you should be disagreeing with a lot of what I say. Like what, some people don't think thoughts cause feelings. Like there's a lot to disagree with. We could start at the very beginning. Like, you know, and I understand that. Like we all want that authority figure. We want, to me, that's internalized socialization right there. Women do not trust themselves to discern Mm -hmm. what is true or what is helpful. They don't trust their own authority. So they think that their authority figure needs to know everything. And so then there's this very heightened stress and emotion if their authority figure says something they don't agree with or doesn't seem to validate a certain part of their experience or doesn't have the right exact politics or whatever it is. And I don't think it's because it's not because there's something wrong with women's personality, obviously, but it's that like, we don't feel equipped to just take what works for us or leave what doesn't or like challenge ourselves because we don't believe in our own authority and our own capacity to discern. And like, that is the root of so much of the people pleasing and self-doubt that we have to rewire. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank (laughs) you guys for coming on. This is always fun to hang out with you and just (laughs) just discuss all the things under the sun. (laughs) If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast, you have got to come check out The Clutch. The Clutch is the podcast community for all things Unfuck Your Brain. It's where you can get individual help applying the concepts to your own life. It's where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. 
And it's where you can hang out and connect over all things ThoughtWork with other podcast chickens just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. That's unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. I can't wait to see you there.